Hey friends, it's your girl Krista Janine and we are back with season two of Trauma and Triumph. These stories are filled with amazing anecdotes of how people have used their trauma and turned it into triumph. We hope you are inspired to do the same as you travel along your path. On today's episode of Trauma and Triumph, we have Ivy Coco Maurice, activist, model, social media influencer, and vice president of Walk Good LA. She discusses how the divorce of her parents at an early age has deeply molded the way she engages with others today, and how she pulls from her mother's strength as she walks along her own path. So we are going to jump right in. Thank you so much, Ivy, for joining me today. Thank you um, for having me. Thank you just yeah. for asking me, like, yeah. light that you are in your community and how we've been able to just be lights in our communities together. I'm truly inspired by you and just grateful to be on your platform. Oh, thank you. And and same. I love you guys. Like, you and your brother and your cousin, like, I love all of you so much. I love Walk Good LA. If you don't know what Walk Good LA is, you need to get your life together and figure it out real quick. Yeah. And it will be in the show notes for sure, but... I just, I love everything you all stand for and how you took a really like tumultuous time in 2020 and turned it into something beautiful that two years later still exists. So thank you for all you guys do as well. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of tumultuous times, (laughs) what is one trauma-centered event in your life that you think, or that strikes you as the most pivotal or one of the most pivotal? Mm, it's actually funny because this is something my brother and I were talking about recently and I never really saw it as traumatic and until I was a young adult and I really took time to reflect on my past but I think the first thing was my parents divorce you know be at a young age um I was born, but my parents were separated um, while I was born. They officially got a divorce when I was like three or four years old. And how I internalized it as a three or four year old was, oh, yeah, we're going to have two houses. Like mom's going to have her house and daddy's going to have his house and one's going to have a pool. And, you know, I'm I'm excited about these multiple houses. And it really took time for me to digest that. But as I got I've gotten older and I've decided to really look at my past trauma as a young child, how that affects my relationships that are platonic or romantic and see, you know, how has my parents' choices impacted my choices? Um, But, you know, we belong to our parents. We don't belong to our parents. We are our parents, but we don't belong to them, you know? And it's so interesting because I'm learning to detach myself from my trauma. Like my trauma is a part of who I am, but it doesn't have to be who I am for long-term. It's just a part of my story. It isn't the story. And so I think that was probably the first time where I really had to learn to accept people for who they are and that our parents aren't perfect. You know, it's like, we all know what we were doing, but we don't know what we're doing. And I think that's the first thing to parenting. Um, And I'm grateful for the experiences and the life my, my parents have blessed me with. So I learned to take my gratitude and take my lessons and turn that trauma into my triumph just like you said yeah that's actually so interesting and I feel like the older we get also our generation is like maybe the first generation that's really leaning into the fact that like yes our parents did the best that they could but like they missed the mark in certain areas, but we are able because of that to see our parents as human beings and not just as our parents. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like past generations 
haven't had the space to do that right like you think your parents are like these gods on this pedestal but like when you think about it, it's like oh no like they're people too and they're just trying to do the best with what they have and what they were given right whether that be financially emotionally mentally like they are, can only give you what they have they can't give you anything more and I think like you said no, and, go ahead. And, go ahead. And I think it's so interesting because we talk about trauma and we talk about my our personal trauma, but also sometimes as children, we take on our parents' trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And that's baggage we can choose to carry or we don't have to carry. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was like, oh no, there are parts of my parents that I actually don't want to recognize and be a part of and say, hey, you know, I want to, I don't need to carry your baggage. I'm going to keep that with you right over there. Um, But it's okay because as I continue to construct who I am and really step into my truth, there are pieces of my parents that I can pick and choose that I love and I appreciate. And then there's other parts that I can learn and reflect from, and that's okay. But I'm also realizing that my parents are still dealing with their own trauma and they're also trying to figure out how they turn their own trauma into their own triumph. So I think that's what I've really been able to accept being their child is that they're not perfect, like you said, but they are actually learning. And I think also like you you made this, um, my parents are definitely that uh, uh, baby boomer generation, right? (laughs) They, uh, They have a different way of viewing things in life. But one thing I love is that they're willing and they're open to change. My mom recently told me, she said, Coco, that's my nickname. Um, (laughs) The world is changing and so are my expectations. So, you know, from hearing my mom saying, you know, you need to do X, Y, and G and be be married and have kids and da, 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 and say, you know what? Live the life you love and love the life you live. That's what really matters. Your parents only want to hear four things from their children. I love you. Are you happy? Are you healthy? And I'm appreciated. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And I think also, and I mean, maybe you can speak to this too, about like generational trauma and how we as this generation really are at a space where we're actively choosing to like address generational trauma and to your point, not take our parents' trauma with us mm-hmm. and, and how that's helping us holistically as a community. If you want to tap into that a little bit. <laughs> I mean, listen, I come from a West Indian, West African family from West LA. I mean, the trauma is when it comes down to mental health that we don't even talk about in a Caribbean and West African household. Come on now. Like, um, just even talking about mental health and breaking general curse, generational curses is a topic where people are like, oh, Lord God, like, why do we have to get so deep into it? <laughs> and to be honest, it's like, if you feel like the conversation is difficult, you, it needs to be had. Difficult conversations have to be had. And I think the more transparent you are with your parents, the more transparent you become with yourself. Because you realize, like we said, the parts that, that you get to pick and choose, but like you'll only be able to know the truth unless you have transparency, unless you have the difficult conversation. So I'm always asking my parents questions, whether it's about my lineage, whether it's about their upbringing, whether it's about what experiences they encountered growing up that they were grateful for 
or, you know, not so grateful for. Like, those are the things that I really want to know about because I feel like our parents and our grandparents are walking history books, you know, Mm -hmm. like what they've experienced. um, You know, I always think about like as millennials or I'm like a zillennial, I guess, like millennial Gen Z or whatever. (laughs) Who Um, knows? I don't even know know anymore. Who knows? (laughs) But I think about, you know, we, we, we think about my generation and what we've endured and like, you know, seeing the first black president, but also at the same time, being able to uh, see the traumas of, uh, you know, Osama bin Laden, the Twin Towers, and going through a pandemic, X, Y, and Z. But then I think about like my mom's generation and what she's endured, where she literally saw a president get shot, you know, and it's like, she went through a whole shift in the environment and women's rights and, you know, seeing the March on Washington, like, That is crazy. So I think it's interesting how I just love to absorb everything that my parents have gone through, because whether it's the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between, I want to learn as much from them as possible, because you never know. My grandparents, my grandfather always told me every day above ground is a good day. So I'm going to value that time with myself and also with my loved ones. Yeah. And I mean, and I, so I'm in school right now to get my PhD in anthropology and social change. And (laughs) need more of that. I love that. All the things. But one of my biggest like things that I don't think enough people lean into is just what you said. Like, it's so important to understand our history because it makes everything else make sense. Like from a cultural standpoint, from an environmental standpoint, from, you know, a gender standpoint, like it makes everything make sense. But when we start to ignore history or erase history or be like, oh, we don't want to talk about that history because it's too like hard or it's not flattering or we're embarrassed by it. It starts to shift culture in a way that's not beneficial to anybody. Right. And kind of to go back to your first trauma centered, um, point of like your parents getting divorced but how do you feel like that historical point in your life has kind of changed the trajectory of how you operate spiritually mentally and emotionally like and all of that oh yeah amazing to be honest at first I had such a struggle with my parents like opening up into new relationships x y and z but now that I look at it I'm actually grateful that my parents aren't together like (laughs) I actually and understand a relationship where it's like you can love somebody from a distance Mm -hmm. and you have to really choose yourself first every time and if something or somebody is not adding value to your life at that moment you have to let it go if it no longer serves you it is weighing you down and it is okay to love somebody from a distance it's difficult it's hard. It's not easy because I think also I'm very much of a lover. I'm very much of a lover. I think my parents are very much lovers. Like all our birthdays are a week apart. So we have like, I feel like the same energy when it comes down to love. So we, we love hard in my family. And, you know, I can only, I can see that because at the end of the day, my parents have been divorced over two decades now, but they have a lot of respect for each other. You know, I look at you know, my, my father and his accomplishments and his emotional growth. I look at my mom and her success in her, in her career and um, who she is and how she's flourished as an incredible human being. And I think, you know, they probably couldn't become those people if they were still in the relationship that they were in. 
Mm-hmm. So the words of Toni Morrison, if that shit is weighing you down, you better let go. Right. So, you know, I, I that's what I've learned from my parents' divorce. And it's okay. It's okay. Because now I've realized in my relationships, if it's not working out, well, even if it's a friendship, if it's a coworker, if it's a it's a if it's if a lover, I've realized, you know, it's okay. People come and go, but like mm-hmm. you have to choose you at the beginning and the end of each day. And I think that is what my parents' divorce has really taught me. They chose themselves. Yeah. And that's so powerful though, because I think, you know, in our society, we romanticize marriage and we romanticize relationships and we don't take into account the effort it takes to be in like a really healthy relationship, but also the effort it takes to say, I love you, but we're not good together you know and I think especially for black women it's like oh well he's a nice guy and he you know has a good job and he doesn't hit you and like whatever but it's like yo these are like bare minimum things it's like it's like why do you want me to settle for something like yes you might be the most amazing guy but you also might not be my person forever and I think that we're finally at a space where we're okay with saying man you're cool but you're not like, we're not connecting. And it's okay for me to say that and for us not to have to be like mean to each other, right? Yeah. So I feel like that there was a point, you know, in time where people would break up and be like, I hate you. I don't ever want to talk to you again. And it's like, that's not helpful either. But even in that, so do you feel like there was a point of time where you had to kind of heal from your expectations of what you thought you should do in a relationship? as like juxtapose what your parents did or like how kind of have those two things been parallel like were you afraid to enter relationships because you're like oh well my parents didn't work out maybe I won't either or were you like open to whatever experience came your way you know what I think for me when it comes down to like my personal relationships I've always been pretty chill and like always reserved like I'm always the type of person like if it's for me, it's for me. If it's not, it's not like, but then it comes down, you know, if you want things to work, there has to be some sort of commitment. You know, that's not something that I've truly experienced in in complete honesty. I haven't, but it's nothing that I'm afraid of. Like, you know, like I rather love hard than never love at all. You know, like my my parents loved each other and my, the greatest blessings out of that relationship were my brother and I. So it's not that everything is bad. You know, there are some positives there are pros and cons to every everything so but I don't think it's really impacted my relationship because I think um or my relationships with other people I think it's just like taught me three things it's taught me that I really need good sense of communication Mm -hmm. you know for a relationship to prosper clarity on what you want. So communication and clarity and really being able to understand your partner. Like that's really who I am. Like I really want to take the time to understand myself, but also like, you know, we talk about love languages and relationships so much, but like your love language and somebody's love language, how they give love, how they receive love. There's so many layers to it. But I think that one thing that I've really learned is taking the time to really understand your partner. Like, yes, you guys don't have to agree on everything, but really taking the time to communicate and not being afraid to say, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. Um, I think communication is 
the key that I've learned from my parents mm-hmm. through everything. And I'm grateful for it because now I've, I've seen my parents go through a difficult time of not communicating of right. at all, even post-divorce. And yeah. I was like, well, this is, this is weird, y'all. This is so <laughs> But now that I've seen, like, it's taken years. I think people don't realize that, like, divorce doesn't just happen. You go back, you go into co-parenting kids. Like, it doesn't work like that. It works with them having to be on good terms with each other. Mm-hmm. But one thing I respect is that my parents have never spoken bad about each other. Mm-hmm. They've never spoken ill of each other. And that's the most beautiful thing is that kids will un- end up having these interpretations of their parents because one parent said another thing. I don't really have that. I have an I have a great understanding of my father and I have a great understanding of my mother. Yeah. And I'm grateful for both of those experiences. Yeah, and that's beautiful and I think also what you said is like two truths can exist at the same time, right? And I think we have an issue with like reconciling that, right? It's like my parents loved each other but they also decided not to be together. Like that is like both of those statements are true right you know and I think for people they can't wrap their heads around that reality but to learn that at such a young age and to your point it's like I'm sure it's taken years like you said they've been divorced for over two decades but still like seeing that growing up it had to have helped you like in other aspects of your life understand that two things can be true at once and how has that allowed you to kind of navigate your world differently understanding like the complexity of like humanity letting go of expectations girl like letting go of every expectation from anybody like you really can't like because what happens is that I've realized I've realized when it when you have these expectations for people in your life like I don't like I said it could be any type of relationship you end up getting hurt expectations are really solely upon you like it's you're you end up getting hurt because you casted that and so for me I've just realized releasing a lot and then detaching a lot like even when you know I've asked my parents if I've really wanted them to do something but you know they might not have the time right now or you know I really got excited about something they were unable to show up even as a kid it was like oh I was expecting but now like I'm just like no it is what it is like people will show up when they can make time and I know it sounds like it sounds mean in a way like people make time for what they can make time for but like that that's the truth and so those expectations I've really learned to to release so releasing expectations and detachment you know very very um easier said than done yeah but also and it's so funny because as a parent like you struggle with that right you struggle with the oh well you know you have your own life and you have your own obligations that you have to commit to but you also have a kid and it's interesting because all parents have different perspectives like some parents like legitimately feel so guilty for not making their kids like functions and then some parents just like don't (laughs) they're like whatever but I think it is that like that middle ground of being like yo I'll make it when I can and when I can't like I can't but it also teaches your kids boundaries and teaches them to understand again to your point that you're a person too right and you're not just their parent but it also teaches them to your point when they get older expectations are more harmful than good right Mm -hmm. and like we can have an open dialogue of what you expect and what I can do within that expectation but having these silent expectations are only harmful to the person that has them because the person who you're expecting them from doesn't even know half the time 
Exactly. But I mean, to be honest, I love that my parents never gave up on their dreams. Mm-hmm. They never gave up on themselves. And that's okay because that taught me to be very independent when it came down to what I want in life. Mm-hmm. And I think it was okay where when my parents said, no, I won't be able to, you know, attend this event and that's okay. It, 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 I never felt like my parents stopped ever doing them. Mm-hmm. You know, they never, I don't think they were guilty. They had probably hurt them. They probably never expressed it to me on that. Right. But like, I look at my parents, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be good. Like when I, when, when I have kids, I know they'll be able to like take care of them when they have time because they always put themselves first. And now it's like, when it comes down to their legacy, they put in that time for me that now they can really be, be able to plant the next seed for the next generation in their family. So I'm okay. I'm okay with that. They did everything they needed to do for themselves. Yeah. And I love that. So then what do you feel like, and I mean, I guess this is just like in regards to how your parents have parented you, but what do you feel like your biggest strength is from being parented the way you were parented and like how, you know, you had these two almost independent forces like raising you? Mm-hmm. like how like what do you feel like you gained from that experience like what is your biggest strength from that well I actually you know even though my parents divorced I ended up being in a single parent household I was raised mm-hmm. by my mom in her home and mm-hmm. my mom was always busy with her career um but you know she was always she was she was always we always I always felt protected by her, my mom near or mm-hmm. far like she was always going to show up for me um, you know, she maybe couldn't show up for the parent teacher conference, but she was definitely showing up for me in an emotional sense, everything mm-hmm. that I needed. And I think that was more important. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is something about being raised in a single parent household. I truly feel like anything was possible. My mom really knew her priorities. And so that has really, and it made me, I remember being so young, like, I mean, in, in like first or second grade, my teachers asking me what I wanted to be in life. And I said, mom, like, and, yeah. and in, in first grade, because my mom is so good at what she does. And uh, my dad was able to figure out where he fit in, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it was on the weekends, but it was like, maybe he's the parent that comes to the basketball games. He can't, he can't take you to school. He can't do those things, but he figured out where he fit in. And I think he was still trying to figure out his lifestyle, like post-divorce, but my mom knew I got two kids. I got to provide for them. This one, one monkey don't stop no show. Right. Yo. So I love that my mom, she's always been my greatest inspiration. Mm -hmm. So I love the life that my parents have been able to give me. So, because this is like so interesting, because we talk about like parents divorcing and like most times people talk about in such a negative way, but I feel like you have a very unique experience. So mm-hmm. it's interesting because like you said, you were raised by a single mom, but like you never felt like she was emotionally like unavailable to you, which I mean, people have a two parent household and feel like one of their parents is are emotionally unavailable. But how have you kind of taken from your mom's ability to prioritize and implemented it in your everyday life and how you navigate friendships, navigate romantic relationships, even navigate like your family relationships, right? Like how have you started to create that own hierarchy in your world of like what you're wanna, what you wanna focus on and what your passion is? 
versus like everything else? Mm, I think like, I think I, I look at like addressing difficult situations or, you know, work and stuff like that. Like how my mom has really loved me as a kid where, for example, when it came down to disciplining me, if I did something bad and I wasn't a crazy kid, but it was like, number one, address it with love. Number two, correct the situation and give yourself a hug. Like those are the three steps to like any situation. So like if it was, you know, trying to navigate uh, a bad grade in school, address it with love. You did your best. Number two, what could have been fixed? Three, give yourself a hug because you know it will, you can do better the next time. My mom has really taught me that, you know, she's good to others because she's really good to herself. Like one thing that she says all the time is that I look in the mirror and I love what I see. And that's really on a good day, on a bad day, when you wake up crusty, when you wake up feeling beautiful, mm-hmm. you ain't got no blemishes, everything, everything in between, you still have to love what you see. And I feel like the three things that my mom has taught me, when you when you feel good you look good when you look good you do good and when you do good you feel good so it's like one of those things where it's like you really have to keep showing up about yourself this is all a mental game like life is all mental and I think also you know even younger at a young age my mom like even introduced me to therapy probably at even when she was going through divorce so like showing up mentally it was showing up mentally for myself was like the first step towards like okay being the game changer in my life like this is all a mental game and if you don't love what you see if you're not you know even in on the on the on the bad days where you don't feel your best Johnny always says pretend just pretend but I mean to be honest you really have to feel like you are even if you're not and I think that's what my mom has really like told me like this this is all about how you feel about yourself girl all about how you feel about yourself yeah yeah no but I think that's so important and so powerful because a lot of us don't have that um that support to be like this is all sort of an illusion and how you perceive yourself is what actually matters the most but even in regards to that how do you feel like yoga and meditation and just your spiritual journey has kind of helped you like develop as a person as well and even gain more mental fortitude yeah I think for me it's just like I already know what works for me or what doesn't when it comes down to like my spiritual journey Mm -hmm. like when things are starting to get a little crazy and I haven't flowed in a minute or even if I have flowed and things are still getting crazy, like I know that I just need to do some breath work, maybe mm-hmm. some affirmations, maybe it's writing in my journal. Maybe it is doing a, a, a nighttime flow before I go to bed to ease my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many things that I've, al- I've allowed to accumulate in my life that I think a lot of people and being in the mental health space and doing yoga, people are like, maybe she's always doing yoga, but I'm like, there's so many different forms of yoga that we don't talk about. Right. Yeah. Yoga is really doing what you love that we're doing your personal practice. That's what yoga really is. Right. So it's not just a whole vinyasa flow or, you know, it's a, it's really taking what you practice in your everyday life and exuding it to your best ability and making yourself happy. So once again, showing up for you. Um, And I think, 
I've been able to take the little things and being able to make it like my big thing, you know, like the little things actually have make the biggest difference in your life. So that's why, you know, when I wake up and I say a little affirmation to myself, I feel better. And I wake up, write in my journal, have some tea, like, and do some stretching. That's, that's still my yoga. That's still my yoga. So it's, it does, you don't have to go on YouTube and do a whole flow to be, A spiritual being like no it's it's the little things that are the big things that make the biggest impact yeah and speaking of that I think it's interesting that you like I said and your cousin and brother um who um Marley's gonna be on this season too later when she get back from Africa and traveling around yeah, <laughs> but that you all used yoga and like meditation and wellness as a um as a protest in 2020 to kind of like you know say we're resisting the establishment and we're resisting you know police brutality and social unrest and injustice and how did that come to be like how did that correlation like connect for you all yeah so honestly you know, Walk in LA, we're a family that brings people together from all walks of life through the health, wellness, and the arts. And we fight for racial equity um, as a family. And I mean, every single Sunday is a protest for us. You know, we didn't stop marching in 2020 because we truly believe that our existence is a resistance. People don't want to see Black folks, Black and Brown folks prosper in a space of healing. And, you know, it's like when people see Black folks congregating, it's like a bad thing. So that's why it's like, in a way, we say our our existence is a resistance. Um, But no, we really have all had a passion for our community. And that started with our our grandparents. Walk good is actually Jamaican euphemism. Um, Our grandmother always taught us, you know, walk good Etienne, walk good Coco, walk good Marley. And it just means to take your day in good stride. You get to your destination safely. And so for us, it was like, you know, like, Etienne, I think after our, uh, the first protest, he was just, people were like, well, what is this going to be? And he was like, um, walk good LA, you know? And it was just like <laughs> something that we, you know, we heard literally leaving the house, you know, mm-hmm. like every day. So it's like, well, we want y'all to walk good too. So it was really taking our culture and everything we've learned in our household and just being the change that we wanted to see in the world. Etienne has really had an incredible vision for what he's wanted Walk Good to be as our CEO and founder. Um, And then, you know, as vice president, I've really been able to amplify his vision, giving him the certain strategy, really giving him the creative strategy um, and amplifying what he really wants to execute. And Marley does all of that as well in the health and wellness aspect of it as our health and wellness director, where she is really able to even bring thought provoking ideas of like, hey, maybe this is another way of health and wellness that we never thought of that the community, the community might like gravitate to um and really amplifying us and she's she's so well trained like you know like she's so good at what she does like she's not your typical yoga teacher and um you know our Jamaican colors are red golden green so I feel like Marley's our sunlight Etienne is our heartbeat and like I'm the green and I just keep everyone grounded so like um there's so much love in what we do and I'm grateful that I get to do it with my family yeah 
so i mean so many things and i and i do i love walking to la i wish i could come more often right <laughs> you, <laughs> I think come, you girl you come you come yeah i know but i i always do every time i can't come i like i'm like oh i wish i could be there but i think and not just myself but so many people i know like really enjoy it in a way that I don't think we've experienced yoga before especially as black people doing yoga it's like we're usually the only ones in the space when we show up and doing being able to do yoga with like a group of black people out like in in nature if you will I mean clearly we still in LA but like I think it's more profound than any of us could like have ever imagined and last question before we get into kind of like the lightning round self-reflection question but where do you see like walk good going like where do you see yourself going like within the next like three to five years like what are your hopes for yourself personally and for walk good um honestly like I genuinely feel that walk good to the world I say this all the time like I want to be popping up into different cities um showing people like for us by us because I think what's great is that we are people of color teaching also other people of color and so a lot of black folks come to walk good and like wow this is the first time I'm taking a class a yoga class being taught by black folks like that that's crazy you know like it's 2022 you would never thought that but we are genuinely creating space for healing for so many people and I want to be able to do that all around the world like definitely start hitting new continents um also doing more retreats within the community um you know doing more fundraising for sure because we are a nonprofit, and then creating a community space where like we can have our offices but we can also do you know intentional flows for um, other organizations and really creating a creative space that's you know for us to blossom. Um, so that's really what I would love for us in the next like two to five years is to us be in different continents um, and also having our own like physical space for people to come and be like, this is Walk Good LA headquarters. <laughs> you know, like Walk Good LA Studios. <laughs> no I love that I, yes and I'm all for that and let me know how I can help because I am all for that vision that's definitely a beautiful vision and I think all of us a lot of us rather are really trying to figure out how to expand globally mm-hmm. um because I think we are finally understanding that in order for us all to thrive we all have to thrive right for sure. in order to actually change things we can't just make it uh, a stateside thing for sure. For sure. I completely agree. Cause I think like you ever hear about that one, um, that we've always heard this in the black community when one person suffers, we all suffer. But honestly, yeah. when, when we all like succeed, we all succeed because yeah. it's becoming a domino effect. And yeah. all, all I want to do is thrive and win with my family. So yeah. Yeah, one thousand percent. And that's what I used to tell people. I'm like, look, if I'm winning, we all winning. Like, there's exactly. never gonna be. Yeah, there's never gonna be a point where I'm oh, winning and, and it's just me. No, that's not whole even fun. Whole team winning. Yeah. Okay. Going into so I just got the well, I didn't just get these, but I'm obsessed with the and. Have you heard of the and? No. So the and. Wait, can you see it? Oh, yeah. No, there yeah. we go. So the end, so it's like, I have this edition, which is like the self-reflection, the self-edition that I keep like by my bedside, but then they also have a friend edition, 
um a stranger's edition so like if you just met somebody it's like good for work icebreakers um they have long-term relationships they have new like romantic relationships like whatever but it's a way for people to like go a little deeper and like get to to know themselves and others better so we're gonna pick one oh this is a good one that i just happened happened upon okay what's really holding you back and why me me that's an easy question me (laughs) nothing's really holding me back it's just the fact that like i really just am getting comfortable of like just doing me like i'm not giving two beeps you know like (laughs) that's really how it's been like the only person holding you back is yourself so if i really want something i'm gonna get it like i was it was funny i was at the um burner boy concert and one of my friends was like wow you know like i could sing that would be one of my one of my things that i really want to do is like get up on a stage and like actually sing and He was like, if you wanted it, you would have it. He's like, the only person holding you back is you. If you, he's like, you could probably carry it no better than a lot of these people. So it's like, the only thing that's holding you back is you. And I, I was listening to him say that, and I was like, that's so, that is facts, bro. That is facts. I am the only person <laughs> holding myself back. So I, I, and I'm the type of person, I'm all about accountability. Right. I will, the, I will hold myself accountable. So absolutely just me that was an easy question girl all right well then fine we get one more we get one more okay (laughs) what would have to happen in order for you to feel that you've succeeded Mm. to be honest I genuinely feel like I'm succeeding yeah like I realize I have everything that I need like I have I have home I have shelter I have like my family I have love like I'm doing what I love like I wake up every day being grateful because I get to do what I love a lot of people wake up ungrateful because it's like I gotta go to work and it's like ah, I'm doing the things that I don't really want to do in life but I can say I'm doing the things that I genuinely want to do in life and that's real success to me yeah when the opportunities keep coming I like that I love the checks love that <laughs> hello we love the checks yeah we love the checks exactly um, I am happy like I'm happy doing me like ooh, it makes me excited like it just even just decorating my house makes me excited on regular days you know like that's that's real success man yeah oh I love that and it's so like nice to see people who are like comfortable in themselves and comfortable in their lives and really living the life they want to as opposed to the life that somebody else like tells them they should be living mm-hmm. and it's refreshing because a lot of people don't get to sit in that space until much later in life right so I I love that and I thank you so much for doing this where can people find you what events are coming up tell us all the tea well once again I'm Ivy Coco Maurice you can follow me on Instagram at Ivy Coco 23 you can follow my family and I with our health and wellness initiative walk good LA follow us on Instagram at walk good LA um and then also what are some activations you can come to that we have going on every Sunday we are at Kenneth Hahn um park over here in Los Angeles if you are in the Los Angeles area um and at 10 o'clock we do a free yoga flow it is donation based if you want to give some please do 
Um, and then also for me, outside of being Ivy Coco, the influencer and the vice president of a nonprofit, I also do a whole bunch of styling and social media consulting. So if you ever need somebody to give you a second opinion or help you with your business or strategize or help you multiply, um, you know, you can reach out to me um, and follow me at Ivy Coco 23. Yay. And also there's a store for Walk in LA um, that you can purchase things. Girl, that is so crazy because I'm like, that is my (laughs) other job that I didn't even talk about on this podcast. (laughs) And I'm like being a whole creative director for Walk Goodwear. Um, we have new merch coming out, so definitely, definitely support us. Um, Walk Goodwear, um, which is another or another entity outside of Walk Good LA. So yeah, support the people, support Black people, support Black-owned businesses, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. Definitely. Yes. Uh, so, anything else you want to share with the with the listeners before we close on out? honestly I always say this no matter what you know I want everyone to know that you are loved that you are valued and that you're appreciated those are the three things that I really say to myself on a daily basis so if you walk away from this um listening to this podcast just remember that you are loved you are valued and you are appreciated awesome well that is the perfect note to end on thank you guys so much and I will see you next week for another episode of trauma and triumph peace out thank you Ivy Thank you. And there you have it, friends, another episode of Trauma and Triumph. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. And if you're liking what you're hearing so far, feel free to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon Music. See you next week for another triumphant story.